It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the debut episode of Brew Crew Territory. Scotty Braun and Eric Kratz. This is all about the Milwaukee Brewers once a week, Kratzy, because we're friends with, like, the entire team. Everybody. Everybody. Everyone. Yelly, Burnsy, Big Woo, Freddie P, Full Menu Freddie. Everybody's coming on. Exactly. And guess what? The Brewers are roaring right now in the Central. So we're coming off a sweep of the Mets, and then on the weekend, they take two out of three from the Cardinals. Your boy, Big Woo, Brandon Woodruff, we'll hear from him coming up. He was great against St. Louis. Full menu, Freddie, get the nickname right. Great again. Some of the new guys like Brian Anderson, the pickup of him, and Garrett Mitchell also thriving with this team. They're clicking on all cylinders. They've got some young bats coming up too. So congrats to the Brewers so far on a strong first couple weeks. And we're going to start with a little piece of our Christian Yelich interview, which was before he went deep for the first time. And do we get a little credit for that? Absolutely. We, we got, we got Yelly right. Let's, let's, let's get it straight here. <laughs> did you text him that? I did tell him that. Good. He said he appreciated the help. So anything we can do for the brew crew. Let's run that Christian Yelich interview back. Let's bring in uh, Milwaukee Brewers superstar Christian Yelich joining us on foul territory right now. Christian, great to have you, and a gorgeous background there, too. Where, where are you right now? Are you in Milwaukee, or are you somewhere on the road? No, I'm in uh, my place in Milwaukee. Nice. I love it. I love the Not Florida Seals. It's got the lake out there and all that, so good setup. <laughs> You're Beautiful. Bad. I love it. How you been? How's the season going so far in the first week? Been all good. Um, season's been good for us. I think we've, uh, we've gotten off to a pretty good start. Got a lot of uh, really talented young players that have kind of meshed really well with uh, some of the more veteran guys that we've had around on the team. So it's only six games. Um, yeah, six games, but we got a long way to go. But uh, some encouraging signs, and it's been a really fun team to be a part of. Where do you have your Where do you have your camera? On the lower floor? I mean, we're looking straight up your nose, but Yelly, what's the deal with that? Yeah, but he, he still looks good. I know, man. I got like a little table here. There's not really not really too good of a spot. You're not, we're you're trying not to do our up, best. You're not, you're not set up in the studio, but no, your spot. If if you're in the building, I think you're in. Your your spot's pretty show. You know how I know how you do it. <laughs> I appreciate right. I appreciate you waking up this early for us on on an off day, right? Yeah, we got an off day, which is which is nice. I get up early now, man. I'm I'm, I'm kind of an early riser. It's, it's changed up a little bit. What? What do you? What do you? Are you? Are you getting into some yoga? Some breakfast? Like you never? You used to never wake up because Chipotle didn't have breakfast food. That's why you never woke up. <laughs> the the Chipotle thing is like, it might be one of the more overplayed things like about me. <laughs> like yeah, I go there all the time. I think every baseball player has had Chipotle a few times in their life. But uh, I think me and JT were talking about it where there's like this thing floating around where we went like a hundred. 40 days in a row or something like that, which I don't know where that came from or how that got started, but 
We won a lot in the minor leagues, but I don't think any any sane person would go 142 days in a row or whatever that was. That's that's so out you, there. Like the the Brewers like to throw that on the scoreboard for whatever reason. So whoever runs our scoreboard, um, fact check, fact correction, uh, you're wrong. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you what do you what do you uh, what do you get up and do now? Like what is what is this new change? I saw you put videos out of yourself working out in the parking lot. Like that's nice. <laughs> yeah. I just got to just get up and enjoy the mornings, man. I think people, you get so caught up in just baseball, 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 baseball all the time, you know, and I don't think that's healthy. It doesn't benefit anybody. Um, you know, obviously it's a big part of your life. It's something that you need to take seriously, but you need a, you need a good balance. So for me, I just enjoy the mornings, kind of take my time. And then once you go to the stadium, you go to the stadium and you lock it in. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been good, man. The last few years kind of gotten into that. That routine and trying to stick with it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yelly, what's the deal with you guys opening up so hot? You guys just spanked the Mets for three games. I mean, talk to me about what, I mean, ownership of the Mets with all their payroll, your young guys going deep, Mitchell, uh, Weimer, these guys. I mean, talk to me about this team and what y'all just did to the Mets. Yeah, I mean, I think the Mets are a super talented team and, Anything can happen in a three-game series. We obviously played really well. Um, you know, you guys played a really long time. You know, when you get an influx of young players, um, they bring a ton of energy. They play extremely hard. Um, and it raises the level of the guys that have, have been around. And, you know, with the young players, there's going to be there's gonna be hot stretches. There's going to be cold stretches. There's going to be ups and downs. But um, the ones that we have are really talented. Um, they're really good kids, play the game the right way, and are obviously extremely talented. So there's going to be there's going to be periods where uh, you know we catch fire like that. And I think the biggest thing that they've added to us is like we can we're we're multi dimensional now. We don't have to rely on the, the home run. We we can do it still, but um, there's a speed aspect to our team, and especially with the new rules, uh, we can score in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of pressure on the other team, and um, it's been fun to be a part of so far. Are you going to steal bases? Are you going to start stealing some bases? We're try. Again? Right. Like We're the old try. Marlins days? We're going to go back to the old Christian Yelich, no power, well. let's steal bases, drop some <laughs> singles to left, or what? We might have to start. We might have to start doing that. Yeah, we've, I ran a little bit more last year. Um, I don't know if I did a lot in twenty-one or not, but in eighteen and nineteen, I, I ran a lot too. Um, some of the times in the Marlins days, I had the hard red light because I was hitting in front of uh, old John Carlo down there and and Donnie was like you stay your ass at first base and wait till he hits one through the windows back there so I had times with the Marlins when I could when I could run freely and then there was other times depending on where I was hitting where it was like hey if you think about running don't and just kind of wait um, for him to hit a ball 700 feet and you can kind of just jog around the bases but I think with the new rules, like it is, it is a really big advantage to have guys that can run or to be able to run because it's it's such a huge difference with the, you know, the two pickoffs or two times stepping off the rubber. Like it, it puts the pitchers in a bind, and 
especially with the the clock too like they have a lot going on they have to hold a guy they have to get a sign they have to think about executing a pitch so um, it's been an adjustment period for everybody i obviously think the rule changes are a positive but uh, there's definitely a learning curve there do you think four and a half inches is a lot <laughs> it depends <laughs> it helps if you're stealing bases. That's Tell them what you're talking does. about. You can't just throw that out there like every player knows. That's what we. That's what we discussed. Oh, I know. Yelly watches all of all of foul territory. He, no, he the bigger missed, bases. He hasn't though. missed an episode yet. <laughs> Todd Frazier, Yelly. Todd Frazier said that four and a half inches is, as he would say, huge. It's huge. Four and a half inches. The is bigger huge. bases. Yeah, but he's talking about the bases, but he keeps saying it over and over again. So if you ever see us go like this, we're talking about Todd Frazier and his four and a half inches. Okay. It's good to know I got caught up. My first yeah. foul territory experience. Now you don't now you don't need to watch quite as many anymore. I would I wanna talk about the young guys. When we when we played together with Milwaukee, we had the tradition, you know, somebody gets their first hit or first win, you take them into the shower, beer shower. Shampoo, milk, orange juice, whatever, you know, is available. Are you guys still doing that? And if you are, with all the young guys, are you just constantly going to the shower and just beer showering everybody after every game? Because there's always a rookie doing something for a first time. The beer shower is still around, but uh, Wade Miley bought, like, this huge box of uh, Ace of Spades champagne. So we've been, we've been passing those out to the guys after the game. Um, Wade actually got a bottle himself the other day for a. We got him a bottle of whiskey for his hundredth hundredth win in the big leagues. Um, something we kind of do post game, you know. Just uh, we've we've had a lot of post game uh, speeches congratulating guys on on first or longevity milestones like the uh, like the hundredth win, um, and it's fun to be a part of it. It just creates that that team chemistry, that bonding that that you're going to need throughout the year. And there's obviously been a lot of firsts for these guys. Their first hit, first homers. We've had guys with first strikeouts, first uh, first win in the league. So a lot of firsts. It's fun to be a part of. And um, the beer stout, the beer shower is still around in Milwaukee every now and then. Also, the cheeseheads are a big deal now. I just give credit yeah, the to the sport head. in general for the home run celebrations that have become, I guess, more amplified across the sport. And of course, oh, that's a great shot of. Rowdy to kick it off with Pratsy saying actually the other day, yeah, I, everyone else it looks good. I don't know if that thing's gonna fit around Rowdy's big big ass head, but uh, where did that come about? How's that going? I don't know how. I think Willie might have had the cheese head somehow. I don't know how it exactly got started. I think it was floating around in spring training somewhere, and then I didn't know about it until uh, the other day when somebody hit our first homer. We we won a few games without hitting a homer, and then. Somebody hit their first one, and, and out came the cheese head. But I kind of like it, especially on especially on Big Randy. It's a, it's a good look for him. <laughs> Christian, have you you got to get the cheese head, dude? Let's go. No more stealing bases. I need you to go. I know. Dude. I need, I need, to, I need, I need to you to get the squat and then the uncoil, and let's go. Hit one up there off the Toyota truck in right center. I know. I've kind of lost the feel for that. Then we need to get it back a little bit. It was, it was flowing pretty good there for a while, and then. Kind of just, you know how baseball goes, man. You kind of just lose feel for things, and it's a constant battle to kind of try and get it back. And um, how do you think you get it back? What is there a drill you do? Is there something you do to get it back? Is there something you talk to or a feel you need? What 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 is it? That's a great question. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hopefully because you went back. from, I again, I, I was joking with you about kind of being, you'd slap at the left when you were with the Marlins and you go to the Brewers and the power goes through the roof, right? And now, now it's kind of, you're saying you've lost that feel again. So is it a, just a feel thing? It was always a drill where I would say, okay, we go flip on the field and I'd find the backspin. I'd see balls going out of the park. And then mentally you're like, okay, I got it again. So I don't know if there's a drill you do. I don't know if there's a, a feeling you're looking for in the cage. Go to the hitting coach and say, hey, slap me beside, upside the head, whatever it takes to, to get mad. I mean, there's got to be something that you do to get that feeling back. Yeah, I mean, obviously made some adjustments when I came over to Milwaukee. Um, kind of just evolved throughout that year. Learned myself as a player a little bit more. Learned what I wanted to do and what I was doing. I was successful and it was kind of just – it was kind of this, this natural progression and, and flowing and my body was working correctly, like sequencing how I wanted it to. And then now it's kind of gotten a little inconsistent and a little squirrely to where it'll be there for a game or two. And then it kind of goes away and it's just this, this, you know how it is, this frustrating, just back and forth of just trying to get something to stick. And I haven't been moving the way that I've wanted to in the, the last few years. Just some bad habits, some bad sequencing patterns that um, I haven't really been able to shake. And it's been, a, it's obviously been, been very frustrating. It's been a, um, one of those things where you're just like, why won't your body do this? But, um, you know, you just keep battling, keep, keep working, keep trying to do new things in the cage, tinker with it. And, um, you know, that's the thing about baseball. It's just a constant battle every day. And um, you got to do everything you can to put yourself in a position to succeed. And if it doesn't work that night, kind of back to the drawing board and, and keep figuring it out. But that's kind of what I've been battling with the, the last few years, just gotten some bad habits and, and just really weren't, wasn't able to shake them and be as consistent as I would have liked. It, it shows up every now and then, but not as consistently as it was, um, which I still believe it's still in there. And you just got to go find it. Go to Chipotle. Go to Chipotle. Yeah, maybe, start going maybe, to Chipotle yeah, go every, day. every day. Hey, 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 you know, try anything as a baseball player. We'll try anything. If you go to a place anything. and you hit a homer, you're going back the next day. Let's go. Definitely. You know how it is. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to talk too much baseball because it's your off day. But I always told people, because when I came over to Milwaukee, that's when you took off and you really did well. And you were sad when I left. So that's probably what it was. And so, you know. I'll make a trip out to the MKE. We'll hang out and all that stuff. I tell the story, and maybe I don't remember this correctly. Do you remember the home run Big Woo hitting Pittsburgh into the bleachers in right field? Do you remember that back in 2018? Vaguely not? Yeah, I remember him doing that. Okay. I remember you going in and watching his home run and going, he kind of does some nice stuff. And you stood up and you were watching, you were like looking at it and you were looking at it. And then you went off. You hit like 900 for the rest of the season. So I always told people the biggest change was you watch Big Woo hit a home run and you're like, well, Big Woo hits a homer. I'm going to do what Big Woo does. So really, Big Woo fixed you. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, that's true. true. No. Especially for, especially for a pitcher. He's got a pretty good swing. Um, right. Oh, and then everybody kind of started figuring out that he could hit, and then that was the end of that for him. And he started getting pitched like a, a regular hitter. <laughs> but he, he got people for a little while when they were just kind of coming after him. Uh, but, you know, you know, being around him, he loves hitting. Like, he still always has a bat in his hand. He wants to talk about it. Uh, one of my favorite teammates I've ever played with, he's an absolute gangster on the mound. And, um, 
he's had he hit some pretty special homers. I mean, he really did. He hit, he hit quite a few of them. And uh, yeah, I always kind of like doing that though. Like not just from him, but other players. Like you can kind of like look at them, see what they did. And be like I kind of like that, and then take it into the cage and be able to do that. Uh, you know, and just you kind of take things from everybody that you see as a player and you're always kind of tinkering and trying to change things. You never know when something's going to click, you know, guys are what they are until they make an adjustment or something, the light bulb goes on, you know, and then it can change their entire career for either a hitter or a pitcher plays with a new pitch and it can completely change them. So I think that's one of the cool things about baseball is like, you never know what you can be or what's going to happen. You just got to keep trying to make adjustments and, and find a way to, to be as successful as you can. Yeah, Lee, I'm going to go back to back here. One baseball and then one fun non-baseball that I know you'll like. So first baseball-wise, did you watch World Baseball Classic? And now if you come across a, a Mookie or a Trout or any of the other superstars that you're friends with, are you like, yeah, we won in 2017, man. You know, as <laughs> you guys do. <laughs> I mean, no, because I think they played really well. And the, the thing that's really hard about that tournament is, you know, it's a playoff atmosphere with like one game elimination games for a while. I think you have to play like four, four of them, where it's win or go home, right? So in baseball, anything can happen. You're obviously playing against really talented teams. So a lot has to go right for you to win that. You have to have a talented team, and then you just have to be on the side of where you get the bounces or, or, or things kind of go your way in order to win that tournament. Um, but it was a ton of fun. It, I mean, I really, really enjoyed playing the WBC. Those games, are they're pressure-packed. The atmosphere is incredible. Um, obviously, we ended up winning back in, in 2017, which is an amazing experience. It was really my first kind of taste of what a, a playoff atmosphere would kind of be like because I hadn't gotten to experience that yet at that time. And, um, you know, I think it opens your eyes. You go into the tournament, being like, you understand, like, what you think you're getting into. And then once it starts, you're like, you have no idea what you just got into. You're like, wow, this is, like, really <laughs> intense. The passion and the pride takes over. You don't want to lose – um, and you get to play with guys for an extended period of time. You know, you go to an all-star game and you get to interact with these guys for two days, really, but it's so busy and there's so much stuff going on that you don't really get to know them. And in that setting, it's like you're on the team with basically a bunch of all-stars for, for two weeks and you're going to dinners, there's plane rides. You get to compete without the, uh, I don't want to say distractions of an all-star game because it's not, it's not, it's not the right word, but there's just so much so much going on right like there's the game there's the home run derby there's all the stuff you got to do before there's there's speeches there's media you got to sign balls and stuff like that and in that you get to play and, and talk to these uh to some of the best players in the game for two weeks um i thought that was one of the coolest things about the wbc and something that i really enjoyed yeah I, we should clip that to show for some players like this is different from going to an all-star game the way that you get to hang out with everyone i'm with you there all yeah. right let me do the non non-baseball for you because i haven't seen this get a ton of coverage since i read about it initially i just want to make sure this is still a thing guitar are you playing because you picked it up right during covid at one point during the pandemic did you do a little guitar action kind of i mean it was it was hit or miss there's been a lot of miss on that lately <laughs> kind of fell by the wayside but when i got covid in 2021 i was like locked in i was locked in here for literally 10 days like i couldn't 
they wouldn't let you leave obviously and um so i didn't leave like my front door for 10 days so i was like what am i gonna do for 10 days like i watched a bunch of shows and then i was like screw it i just went on amazon prime and ordered a guitar and actually i got okay like i kind of got the basics down in 10 days cause i literally had 10 days with nothing to do but that like my fingers were killing me and everything by the time by the time i came back to play like my hands were hurting and stuff so i need to knock this off but it was fun it's something that i would really like to do at some point um i think it's like kind of a good outlet from from baseball or something that when like you come home after games or or whatever it's a good way to like decompress and kind of get your mind off the game we uh so in 18 yelly and i were talking about during the playoffs and the other guys were talking about like because we watched the capitals i think did the capitals win the uh the stanley cup or who won the stanley cup i'm not i'm not sure in 18 anyway anyway no no yeah um anyway well they were going around and they were like they were binging everywhere. We were talking about going out and having a crazy party when we won the World Series in 18. We didn't. We fell short. But during that time, we talked about, you know, your MVP party that you were going to have because you were clearly going to win the MVP party that I didn't get an invite to. So whose party was better, yours or Big G's? I don't know. I mean... I went, on a, I went on a pretty good bender after that, I'm not going to lie. It was like three or four days of just, we went out like every night with me and my buddies from back home. And uh, it was at Bronny's birthday too. So one of the nights it was like, it was that. Um, Baker had his off his bye week and he was out in LA for that. So we went out for that too. Um, and I remember, yeah, I remember like the last night of that, I was like, I need to chill. Like I can't, I can't do this another night. I'm not going to make it. So. You know, it's one of those things where it's a once-in-a-lifetime type deal most of the time. I mean, it almost was a, a twice-in-a-lifetime type deal the, the following year. But it's something that I think you need to enjoy. You know, when you have success in this game, it, it, it's so it's so hard on you. Like, I think when you, you have good moments and you have good things, you need to enjoy them. You know, you can't rest on them, obviously. But in the moment, you need to enjoy it a lot when you're playing baseball. You know, like just – enjoy the success that you have in a game that doesn't bring you a lot of success, you know, and celebrate the good times. And I had a lot of people around me um, that had helped me out throughout my entire life. And it was something that we all kind of celebrated together. And it was a good one. You know, I went to G's the year before he had, I think he had Snoop Dogg at his, uh, which he, you know, he, he must've been busy because he didn't attend mine, but he, uh, <laughs> he had Snoop out there with his parents, everybody in the, in the club and, a club in Hollywood. It was a pretty good time, man. I I, I enjoyed it, and um, we had a lot of fun. That is awesome. Yep. By, by the way, you're talking about the 2018 um, Capitals, and that's when Ovechkin was in, like, the I think it's the, the fountain there, Georgetown Waterfront or whatever. Remember that? And he's, like, shirt off, swimming, whatever. So, Kratzy, like, if, if the Brewers win the World Series at some point, Maybe Yelly can do an Ovechkin impression or for baseball. I think it was Napoli. Remember Napoli was like just rolling around the streets when Boston won? Something like that, partying with <laughs> yeah. the people. Yeah, you have to. Yelly, I love what you said, though, about enjoying it. Because uh, I know I look back on my career and I say, man, there's some times I wish I would have enjoyed it more. And you look around and you say, that happens so fast that you, you don't even realize mm -hmm. what's going on until you have to – you almost have to watch – the the playback of it and say man that really happened in the game 
are, th- are those moments still happening or as you get, cause when I got older, I was, I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to enjoy this more. I'm going to go out more in the cities, see the cities more. Do you do that now that you've gotten older or is, I mean, you're up early now. You used to sleep all day, like yeah. Brad said. So obviously you're enjoying it. Do you go out on the road and say, Hey, I'm going to go say you're in LA. Do you, I know you're from around there, but do you say, or let's go like Kansas city. I'm going to go walk around the fountains and see the plaza or has anything changed for you? Yeah, you make more of a conscious effort to do that, I think. Um, you know, it's like you said, man, when when you're in the middle of it, it's something that you kind of you, you keep the blinders on because I think as baseball players, like you understand how hard the game is and how, how quick it can change on you. So you never want to like when you're going well, you never want to like let the success kind of get to your head and think like, oh, everything's all good. Like you're constantly on edge of like today could be the start of disaster. So I need to lock it in and make sure that I don't have any bad habits or uh, nothing's going bad. Like I need to be super focused here. And it's a good thing and a bad thing, because like you said, you don't really enjoy those moments until they're over. And then you're like, Oh shit, I wish I would have, I wish I would have enjoyed this a little bit more or um, kind of taking a step back and look around. And I've, I've found myself doing that over the last few years, you know, and being considered one of the older guys is it's kind of weird because I don't feel that way. Like, I don't feel like I'm one of the older guys, but I really am. Um, you know, especially with the young guys that we've had come up and you kind of get to see yourself in them a little bit of when like the big leagues was new and when it was fresh and like, you know, I played you when I was a really young player, you know, and when you were with the Braves, we played each other all the time and um, just watching guys get their feet wet in in the league and, just have all those firsts and those new experiences and like every day is opening day for you because it's all new every stadium's new every hotel every and it's fun to watch and it energizes you and um you know i think that for the rest of the time that i have playing it's it's a conscious effort to kind of step back and be like wow this is cool like this is this is major league baseball you know and it's something that you don't get to do forever um it's something that you've worked your entire life to get to that point and you continue to work hard every day, but eventually, like you said, it's going to come to an end. So you want to enjoy the experience and the moments as much as you can. And, um, you know, you kind of bring, it kind of brings you a little bit more like joy and purpose. And you're not so focused on yourself all the time when you kind of help these young guys, um, through the league for their first time, you know, through the ups and the downs and what to expect and what's going to happen. And, um, what happens when you struggle, what happens when you succeed, how to deal with, you know, friends and family and the asks and everything that come along with being a major league player. And um, it's kind of fun to evolve into kind of that part of your career, but at the same time feels extremely weird because I still kind of feel like I'm like them, but I'm not. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, uh, well, just wait until you get to your like 39, like I was, and we were with the Braves and we were yeah. terrible and our whole team was 22 years old. Then you really <laughs> want to feel like an old person. That's when you feel like, I mean, Freddie Freeman was like our next oldest guy and he was like 26 and he's talking yeah. about, you know, trying to find, you know, he has, he wasn't even married yet to Chelsea. And we're like, wait a minute, what is happening here? And, you know, I'm 39, my kid's 10 running around the clubhouse and they're making fun of me how old I am. So it, it, it gets better. It gets worse, but better. Uh, yeah. Where's your MVP trophy? Um, It's at, where is it at? It's at my mom's house in California right now. I'm I'm building a house, so whenever that's finished, it'll end up going there. But right now, all all that stuff's there just because I didn't really have any other place to put it. So it's kind of just I, hanging out. I feel out like it should be room. like a boombox. You should have it. Like if you, one, <laughs> one of those things. Yeah, you have it's it like literally on, your arm, it's you walk. on a stand. 
it's on a stand on like a table. Like you can kind of like where you would put like a plate, you know, it has like the two things and the one on the back where you kind of like lean it up against it. That's where the, that's where the trophy is. I don't, I think well, it's so, supposed to hang on a wall. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If the young guys get snappy, you know, they get snappy with you. You just walk up and you, you just hold this thing up and you say, Hey guys, look, I got one of these and one of y'all get one of these. You guys are allowed to talk to me. Otherwise, watch how we do it in the big leagues. It's like, I know you guys are all in high school when this happened, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, exactly. Amazing. Hey, Yali, we really appreciate you joining us. Hope you enjoyed the kind of the chill conversations here that we're doing every day live on this show with all the players. So thanks for hopping on during the off day. It looks like it's a freaking gorgeous day out there. So enjoy some sunshine today, man. Yeah, finally got some sunshine. It was was good catching up with you guys. And I, I know it's been a minute um for all of us but uh i appreciate you guys having me on it was good chatting and um i'm sure we'll do it again soon at some point that was a great side of yelly in that interview kratzy where he really dug deep to let us know the back and forth battle that he's had with trying to find consistent power again absolutely everyone's looking back to those years he's no different he's trying to he's trying to find that balance trying to find that that yelly stroke and he found it this weekend I also like the life perspective thing. He's like, life isn't all baseball. And I think he meant that in a good way where it's like off day, chill. Don't think about it for a little bit. You're back at it the next day. It's an everyday grind. So Christian Yelich with his first homer of the season on the weekend also made a sick defensive play. He's great out there too. Don't forget about the athleticism for him. We're not biased here to Milwaukee, but they're putting on a show. Let's start with the brew crew. Taking down Scherzer in the Mets. Mm-hmm. Max let up back-to-back-to-back homers. Five and a third, eight hits, five runs, two walks, two strikeouts after that third one in a row. Buck quickly went out to grab him. And shout-out to one of the regulars on our show, Raddy Telez, hitting his first dinger of the year off Max. I can't wait to have him on again next time, uh, Krat team, be like, hey, congrats, man, your first homer of the year against Max. But then you see, like, your next two teammates do it, and you feel like, eh kind of belittled what yeah. I just pulled off here. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> got to call him out for sure. And I don't know if that cheese head, they had to get a different size for him. They got a different uh, sombrero for Team Mexico. They might need to get a different cheese head for him too. And <laughs> I need sure. one of those. I need yeah. one of those. Like Kratz hats, I'll do a whole show with a cheese head on if the boys the boys take care of you. You can get them at the airport when you land in Wisconsin. Go grab one. Also, I love every year the home run celebrations are getting better. I love that. They're getting more intricate, so I'm all about it. And we'll have to do a breakdown of the top five or something like that at some point. Let's show the Bob Nightingale tweet, too, while we're on this, about what the uh, Bruker have been able to pull off. And, again, it's baseball, so let's make sure we put this all in perspective. But Brewers with a payroll $200 million less than the New York Mets have outscored the Mets 19 nothing in the first two games of their series, Bob, from USA Today. So it's two games, though. This isn't like if you said that in football or something, it's different. It's two games out of 162. The one thing I take out of it more than anything, uh, it's, there are two things. First off, and I, we talked about this yesterday with Carlos Colazzo from Baseball America, mm-hmm. Brewers had some prospect issues for a little bit. Their farm system was down. It's back up a little. You've seen the young guys get going. That's big for them. And that's actually something the Mets have had some problems with not in quality. They'll get like, a you know, Francisco Alvarez, big catching prospect, going to be good with them. Brett Beatty should be really good for them. Yeah. Matt Allen. There's like three, four <clears> guys, but then it's thin because they've traded a lot of their dudes because they're contending. Whether it's trading or not letting them play. Like you bring these guys up and, you know, they do okay. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we, we don't want to bring them back up. Is it money? You know, is that the business part of it? But 
these teams are bringing these young guys up and they're letting them play. Let Brett Fady get up there. He got injured yesterday. Now, all of a sudden, like, well, your top prospect hurt his thumb, the one that he hurt a year ago. So it's like, let, let him play. Get him out there. You know, um, that's the only problem I have with it. If a guy is ready to go, get him up there, let him play, let him get his ups and downs. And that's what you're seeing with the Brewers. And you're seeing they're taking off with it. I mean, 19 runs is a lot. I mean, is it something we got to worry about? Yes and no. I mean, as, a, as the Mets, they're still three and three. It's only six games. So let's just chill out just a little bit. Definitely chill out, but you're right, Todd. Like, you make your bed. As an organization, you make the bed you want to sleep in. And if you're the Mets and you go out and get every free agent possible, guy like Brett Beatty's going to – he's going to struggle getting an opportunity. And that's why sometimes you see a guy like Andres Jimenez, like, go to Cleveland and kill it. Be, you know, get MVP votes. Get, you know, that kind of thing. And if there's not a place for you in the organization, to me, the organization needs to make those moves and not squander and like hold guys back because that can be as detrimental as calling a guy up too soon. Like you think about the Brewers, they'll just, they'll do, you know, they just go ahead and let the guys come up to the big leagues. And I think there's less pressure, but it's also like we were, if we had, if we were on this show last July when they traded Hater, like, they got some prospects for Hater, and you're going to see some of those dudes come up, so you're going to have to rely on the prospects when you're not going to pay your closer, the best closer in the game, $15 million a year. For this Milwaukee team, if they keep playing like this, I mean, they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline. There is a lot of turnover that's gone on with this team in the past few years, and our insider, Ken Rosenthal, has a little insight on what could be next for the crew. I've said from the jump, and not just because he's joining us regularly, I think Freddie Peralta is going to have a big year. Burns actually so far um, with a down start to the season. But what did you write about with uh, Milwaukee currently? Well, it's a really interesting situation, Scott. And it seems to me I've speculated on their possible trade candidates. A lot of people have speculated upon them. Teams have speculated, fans, you name it. But the Brewers got to play the game. And they don't necessarily think their season's going to go in a bad place. And look at them now. They're 5-1. and one. They just kicked the Mets' butts for three days. So they're in a spot where even if they play well and even if they are a force in the division, as they've been really for the last several years, they've got some hard decisions coming. Burns, Woodruff, Adamas, Lauer, Rowdy Telez, all free agents after next season. Now, last year when they had Josh Hader, who was a guy with a similar amount of service time left, one plus years, they traded him in the middle of a pennant race. Now, I'm not saying they're going to do that again. I don't know, but it's something that they have to look at because the other aspect here is that they don't have young pitching coming. They lost Ashby to surgery. They don't really have a great group of pitching prospects. They do have a terrific group of position player prospects, and we've seen them on display now. Garrett Mitchell, Bryce Terang, Weimer, all these guys, and Freilich Cumming are impressive, athletic, energetic players. So where do they go at the deadline? Do they simply stand pat? I don't know that they can afford to do that because the value for a Burns or a Woodruff or any of those players I mentioned will be much greater at the deadline when they're available for two pennant races than it will be in the offseason when they're only available for one and getting raises and arbitration and all that. So... It's going to be a really interesting couple of months for the Brewers. Craig Council, the other thing that I should mention, I didn't mention this in the article, it's the last year of his contract. And clearly, 
there is just a lot in play there and a lot that they're going to have to decide as we go along. Do you see the Brewers, and I mean, I'm not going to make you put the math down, but have you heard or seen the Brewers, like, where are they going to put their payroll? Like, are they willing to make it go up incrementally with inflation? Are they willing to, we have really hit the ceiling right now, and we're going to have to go down from here. You know, where, where does that go? And if that's the case, you brought up, you're reading my mind. I had two questions, because you know, I was going to ask about counsel. And I had another question earlier from what you were talking about with the O'Neill thing, and you answered him right away. Do you think this is the time when counsel, if he's on the way out, do you think they go back to that payroll? Or are they like, hey, counsel's in, now our payroll could increase a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to go Cohen style, but I'm saying could it increase? (laughs) I don't know, Eric. And the one thing teams don't ever reveal is payroll intentions and where they expect to be. We do know the Brewers play in what Mark Atanasio, their owner, has said is the smallest market in the major leagues. So that informs their payroll, right? Mark Atanasio is not Peter Seidler. He doesn't have, seemingly, the resources that Seidler does. I don't know what his bank account looks like, and just as I don't know what Seidler's looks like, but it's safe to say that they're in a smaller market, and he to this point, has not operated the team like the Padres have operated their club this year and last couple of years. So even if they decide they want to stay at the same level, the fact of the matter is they've got some raises coming. Burns and Woodruff, all these guys will make more next year in their final year before free agency than they're making this year. So just to stay even and not increase, let's just say that's their plan, they would have to do some things. And It all depends on attendance. It depends on the success of the team and all of these different factors. But based on what we've seen so far, Mark Atanasio is not going to be, again, Peter Seiler, much less Steve Cohen. So they are operating within their budgetary restrictions, and that forces the issue on all of these other things I'm talking about, the potential trades. It also makes it more imperative that they start developing pitching because they need affordable guys. It's a complicated equation for Milwaukee. This team also made some sneaky offseason additions, Kratzy. William Contreras is a special bat. I mean, this guy was an all-star last year in his full, first full season with Atlanta. And big props to the scoreboard a person um, in Milwaukee for throwing up your random trivia like this. Uh, ranks first among Contreras brothers with three RBIs this season with William taking on Wilson this weekend. And his Brewers beating the Cardinals in two out of three. I mean, that's A-plus stuff from the uh, Brewers trivia scoreboard. Whoever's running that thing is keeping things creative. Keeping it light, keeping it creative. The Brewers the Brewers uh, social media team does a good job, too. There's a lot of good, I would call it uh, good-natured NL Central ribbing going on, and I appreciate every second of it. How long do you keep that W up there, you know, Cubs, especially after a loss, that kind of thing? <laughs> also, Yelly did call them out a little bit. He's like, stop putting the Chipotle streak on the board, okay? He's like, we all eat a little bit of Chipotle. Leave me alone. I also like fine dining around the city of Milwaukee. And so does Brandon Woodruff because – you might just get lucky and run into him, and he'll pay for your food. Big Woo, as Kratzy called him, uh, joining us on Brew Crew Territory. 
I mean, big woo. I mean, this yeah. guy is an absolute specimen. The red beard is incredible. I mean, big woo from the sip is on the show right now. Big woo, welcome in. Man, thank you guys. A uh, little nervous, you know. I got I got Kyler in the background screaming. I'm having to put her in the basement. I'm trying not to mess up this show. So, uh, <laughs> no, thanks for having me. It's cool. I think this is a a cool thing you guys are doing, and I'm I'm proud to uh, come on the show. Brandon, first of all, Scott's already messed up the show today, so don't worry about it. Anything you do or your daughter do is not going to do anything compared to what Scott already did. So just relax; okay. you'll be fine. I got my you. audio went out for a whopping ten seconds, and I'm, I'm <laughs> never going to hear the end of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Woody, hey, uh, and right back at you. We appreciate having you on. It's been awesome yeah. doing this. We're live every day, talking to players, um, and also. There's a lot to that, right? This isn't just some weekly podcast, but the reason we're yep. doing this every day, it's freaking baseball. There's games every day. It's perfect timing to have you on. We just were talking about it where someone like Bryce Terang has his debut. It's a granny. Fans there. Everyone's going nuts. You have an awesome vantage point. Give us the uh, inside word from the clubhouse on what that looked like for you and what everyone was saying. What's this guy like? I'm, I mean, like Kratzy kind of just mentioned – this this guy's a dude, man. Just being around him, he's a he's a twenty three year old, but he acts like he's thirty five and he's got ten years in the big leagues. Like that's the way he carries himself, and he's always been like that. Um, and just seeing how in spring training, uh, watching him play, and then you know, counts letting know that he was uh, making the opening day roster, and and kind of seeing how happy he was. And I actually went out and had dinner with him the, the day he found found out that he had made the club. So. We did a lot of talking about what to expect and kind of, you know, those first day jitters and you're getting to go to a pretty cool ballpark in Wrigley Field and um, and just seeing how calm he is, man. I don't know what he's like on the inside, but uh, just the way he goes about his business and his at-bats have been unbelievable the first four, three, four games. And it is it's pretty cool to watch. And he's uh, he's having some some pro takes. He's, he's taking some. Some good swings, and defensively, if you watch him, he's he's pretty daggone special too. So uh, we got a lot of young guys on the team, and you know Joey and, and Garrett Mitchell and Terrain come to mind, and I know we got Frelick uh, that's down in Nashville too. But um, these guys are good ball players, man, and they and and, and you know our our system and the way we try to put guys in the right position to help them succeed and is uh, is pretty cool. And you know I kind of at the time when I was coming up, I didn't realize really what was going on with how they were doing things, but um, they do everything for a reason. But he's been special. Big woo. We're going to go from 123. He's almost 24. Wait, did you pay for Did you pay for dinner when you guys went out? I got, yeah, I paid for his dinner. So we did a little thing uh, in spring. Counts kind of wanted us to – he paired us together, and uh, it, it just so happened me and, me and Bryce uh, got paired together to go have dinner. So, of course, man, I – I paid for his breakfast one morning. And he didn't even know it at Cracker Barrel during spring. You know, I just kind of, I'm sitting across the way and I just, I just pick up his tab and walk out and he has no idea who paid for his food. Yeah. I like doing that stuff. So I actually paid for a, a, a fan that was a couple. They had just gotten in and they see me, you know, I go into Cracker Barrel and I say, Hey, you know, just for one, I'm sitting there waiting in the little uh, store area and the guy walks up and he's like, he said, he said, Woody? I said, yeah. He's like, oh, my gosh. He's like, we just flew in. He's like, we're, you know, we're seeing you at Cracker Barrel. I was like, yeah, I'm just getting some breakfast before I headed to the field. And, uh, so 
So I'll see them walk in. They got their Brewers hoodie on. They're coming to the game and stuff. And um, I call the waiter over. I'm like, hey. I was like, you see the people with the Brewers hoodies on? I was like, bring their check to me. I'm going to I'm gonna take care of them today. So they uh, – I don't know what their reaction was, but they, they came to the ballpark later that day, and I didn't end up seeing them. But, uh, you know, I just – I try to take opportunities like that and try to make, make somebody's day. That's a big. That's a big thing in Milwaukee. Like you guys are always picking up drinks. You guys are always picking, and I think it. I think it makes. I think it makes for an environment that is awesome and super unique. And to me, it brings the fan base tighter, like yeah. around the team. Do you do you feel that? Oh gosh, you go out anywhere in Milwaukee, and you know they have the Bucks and they have us, and of course they got Green Bay a couple hours up the road, but. Man, they love their Brewers baseball and their Brewers players. So anytime you go out, you're you're. It doesn't matter who you are on the team. You're getting recognized, and and people. Um, it's a lot like back home for me. It's it's a, we're a smaller city, but um, you know, kind of the same. Some of the same values as back home. I think that's why I fit in so well here. And it's not. Uh, this is not a huge place. You can get 10, 15 minutes outside of downtown and feel like you're you're back in the country. So. Um, they, they really gravitate to all their players and their, their sports here, and it's, it's pretty cool. I love that, and we should see more of that, too. And I, I think last year, I think it was opening day, Corbin just went to a random bar and was like, yo, the whole tab's on me. So I've got this, yeah. like, master plan, especially because it's, it's, it's Brew Crew Town. It's like, if, if you guys win a World Series, then maybe it's a little player, but also, like, owner side, they just go, yo, one day – for like two, three hours, it's like free booze. And, and, you know, you need to make sure you soak up the alcohol or something. So maybe like free booze and oh. chicken tenders at like 20 different bars. <laughs> oh, they'll burn They'll burn this place down if we win the World Series. And Crabby knows well, <laughs> 18 going on that run. This place was, um, it was pretty electric. And it was like that yesterday too, our home opener. And uh, train hitting the Grand Slam and places going nuts. They're giving out little cowbells. So I feel like I'm back at Mississippi State. And it's just going it's going crazy. Roof closed. We had a flyover with the roof closed yesterday. We kind of had it all. So, um, no, this place would go nuts if we won a World Series. Now, I got I to gotta transition from Brewers fans to, one, you know, Terang making his debut to you making your debut. Now, uh, <laughs> we, got, we, got, we have a video here of your day. This is my guy out there, you know, walking around, trying to get ready for his big league debut in St. Louis. And don't tell us what happens, but please watch at the end and then explain to us what happened. Debuts, man. My dad was actually uh, filming that. And the two people who were walking down the stairs, that was my, uh, my old preacher back home and his son. And we lived four and a half hours from St. Louis. So I had a, I had a ton of folks uh, from back home that had come in. And... I just got called up from Colorado Springs, high altitude. Um, and I get back down to sea level here in, in St. Louis. It was a doubleheader day, and uh, it was like 98 degrees. I was I was going to throw the first game. I'm getting ready. Of course, the whole thing's a blur. Like, I'm warming up. I don't even remember, like, I don't even remember how to stretch. It's like I'm just going through the whole day, and it's like you just kind of or trying to get to that moment, you know, you're filling out the, all the 40 man stuff to get your insurance and get up, you know, all this. And, uh, and then baseball is kind of the last thing on your mind. And then you finally start getting warmed up and realize, all right, I got to go out here and try to pitch and, um, get warmed up. Everything's feeling good. You know, lungs are great. I just come from Colorado Springs. 
Um, and I get out and I'm doing my leg stretches and I, and I get to that second, second set of uh, stretches you saw there and I get to the bottom and I just thought my, like my hip dislocated. I'd never pulled anything. I'd never done anything. So it, it was like a weird, weird, I can't really describe it, but it just, you could feel the tension just kind of get greater and greater and greater. And then it's just like, whoop, it just pulled apart. So I'm standing there and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, no way I just pulled my hamstring, you know, going down to a stretch. So I hit the old, you know, I hit the old, let me hit a couple stretches here, whatever. And then I, um, I tried to bend down and touch my toes and I get about halfway and my, I'm talking about from the back of my knee to the top of my butt, just on fire. And right then I knew like, oh my God, I just pulled my hamstring like stretching. But then I go with uh, DJ, who was our pitch coach at the time. I'm like, I so nonchalant, just walk up and I'm like, DJ, man, I just, I just pulled my hamstring. <laughs> and the, the look on his face, I'll never forget it. The look on his face, and he like, he's like, or he's like, hold on. He's like, you sure? He's like, you sure it's not a cramp? And I'm like, no. I said, I can't move, man. I said, I just, I just pulled my hamstring, stretching. And so Jet Bandy, who you're very familiar with, dude's hilarious. He he tells he told this story probably a dozen times in the next spring train. And he uh, you know he overshot some of the stuff, but um, DJ just what we walked back in, man. And you talking about a demoralizing feeling, just walking back into the dugout. And I wasn't even in big league camp that year, so I didn't even really know the guys. Like you know, I walk into a clubhouse and Ryan Braun sitting there. Uh, Matt Garza was the, the veteran, you know, pitcher at the time. And I just thought like everything's running through your mind. I'm laying on that training room table and I'm like, Oh my God, I just, this really just happened. Like I just ruined my opportunity. And, um, uh, I sat there and sobbed for probably the first two innings, And then somebody walked in they're like, Hey, uh, you know, get your, uh, get everything wrapped up and then just, you know, go out and sit on the bench and, and watch the game. So you want to talk about this uh, a kick in the in the balls? It was like, here, get your growing wrapped up. You just pulled, but you're gonna go sit out on the bench in, in 98 degree, 100 degree weather and watch this doubleheader that you were supposed to be pitching in the first game. So uh, I had it all that day, but um, so that's my unofficial debut, first debut story. <laughs> I'm sure Matt Garza, having played with Matt Garza, I'm sure he didn't say anything to you either. Dude, I don't even know what I didn't even. I walked straight in. We're in St. Louis. Went straight into that 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 little training room and laid on that table. And I mean, I people were coming and patting me on the back, and I don't even really remember what happened. I just remember a voice saying, "Hey, man, uh, when you we're gonna wrap this up, and after you do treatment, just go out there and sit on the <laughs> sit on the bench." So I didn't even sit on the top step. I was like sitting back in the dugout. I didn't even want to be seen, but I went out there. So. That was nice. It's good teammate, though. It's good teammate. So, Brandon, I'm dealing with these Northerners on this show. Yeah. So I have to teach them how to say Florida, right, because they all go, Florida. I'm going down to Florida for the winter. So can you, can you teach them, being from Mississippi, can you teach them how to say Mississippi? Uh, oh, gosh. I, I'm just Mississippi, just all nice right. and slow. The thing, the key is to be slow with it. Like, you got to have that little, that little southern drawl about it. But just Mississippi, you know, nothing, you nothing crazy. There it's you gotta go. be so, slow. That's key. So you went to Mississippi State, right? Starkville. Yep. It's not Starkville. It's Starkville. Starkville, right? yeah. 
my daughter's going there to play volleyball. So she didn't know that. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. What the heck do you keep up with the baseball team? Yeah. Yes. What is happening? What is happening? It's man. I'll tell you what, I don't really know what's going on on the inside, but, and I, I think, you know, now that you have, you know, your daughter's going to, to college, it's a lot of stuff is a, a, a lot of the stuff they do. And I don't know if it's for sure, but a lot of the stuff done over the internet, man, like a lot of the stuff they they're, they're getting these with the new NIL stuff, they're getting endorsements and they're, they're going out there and getting their butts kicked and, and um, throwing up an Instagram post about, Hey, get your 15% off if you use this code. And, I'm like, it's just such a different, it's a different time. It's a different age, but it's, uh, I just feel like it's all about how can I impress the camera? Even though I may just gave up a three run shot and a strike out, strike out a guy and I just gave up five runs in this inning, but I just gave out a good yell and I look good on the, on the TV and the camera for the, for the social media post. I feel like that's, that's a lot of it is going that way instead of just going out there and, and having fun and playing the game hard. And, I, you know, that's that's from the team I saw two years ago that won that national championship. They had a bunch of dudes like that. And, uh, you know, sometimes they say that can be the worst thing for you is to, is to win a national championship. And you think uh, you can do that every year, but that's not how the game of baseball works. you gotta you got to go out and earn it again. So uh, I think that's kind of what we're seeing with that group is just um, – and, and it's hard to say that, and that's just kind of being real. And I love that. That's that's my school. I grew up, you know, bleeding maroon and white. So that's uh, that's tough to say, but I think that's exactly what's going on, man. It's it's uh, it's tough. Two 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 more things on Mississippi State. Is there a better place to play than the dude ever? There's no better place, right? And do you, with the with the apartments, and then have you seen oh. the two arm pitcher guy they have? Oh gosh, I haven't seen him up close and personal. I've seen him, uh, of course, I've seen him on the internet just talking about it. But um, Brewers actually drafted him, I think, in like the eleventh round, and he turned it down or whatever. They knew, you know, he was going to go to college. But bar none, best place to play in college baseball. I still, to this day, talk to a lot of the fans. We used to have a, like a host parent program uh, when we were there, so. We had a like a kind of like a host family we'd go eat with, and, uh, and they actually had a place out in in right field. And now it's all you know it's all concrete in. Used when I was there, it was uh, it was these homemade built uh, basically stands and out of buses and anything you could think of. And uh, now they've completely put I know sixty seventy million dollar renovation. It's places like it's a it's a miniature big league stadium. So. Um, I go down there and throw a bullpen about once every off season, and um, it's that place is they've got everything you want. It's pretty cool. Do you have a condo? I do not. Uh, uh, I wish I would have bought one about four or five years ago, right after <laughs> Dak came. You know, when I was in school, Dak, when Dak was there, we were there at the same time. He, um, the football team was at number one. And um, that place, Starkville, just started to grow a lot from then. I wish. No, I I'm talking about. No, I'm talking then. about the condos they have in oh, left yeah. field. I'm I talking about I, the condos. Well, I wish I would No, well, those things are expensive, man. I tell you, you what, I don't get money. And I, well, I'm not down there during the season, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe when I'm done, I'll I'll go down there and and uh, watch some games. I got some buddies that go and sit sit out in left field, and they send send pictures and videos all the time. It's pretty cool. 
Big Woo, I know you got the, you know, the red hair. Everybody thinks you got, you know, anger issues. Here's the mistake part. Let me let me stop you. I don't have red hair. I got a red beard. I got, red beard. I got brown hair. <laughs> no, you got red hair. You're you're no. <laughs> you're you're an absolute you're an absolute CT. Carrot top. <laughs> you and Justin Turner, you're twins. Oh, come on. Except you have full head of hair and he doesn't. That's right. The Anthony Rendon thing. Did you see that? Did you see the video of that? I briefly Where saw it. I did. You ever get in a situation like that? I mean, I've definitely been yelled at and called some names warming up. Uh, I could, I can attest to that the other day at uh, Wrigley Field. I mean, it's just, you know what? We're, and you can say this, it's, we're basically, I mean, you can kind of describe it as kind of like zoo animals, man. We're in this, <laughs> we're in this cage and they can just do whatever they want to, to us. And uh, I don't know exactly what happened with that or, or what he said or, or whatnot, but um i just kind of saw he i guess the fan had said something to him and he was he was saying something back to him but i mean we're we're basically just fair game out there so uh, i guess he must have said something pretty bad for him to lash back out i assume so hey now that your buddy Suter b's gone who's the new Suter b on the team i know you did you cry when Suter when when the when the raptor got traded well you know what I actually moved into the house that he was living in for the past two years. So <laughs> you're an absolute, you're an absolute, you just went right in and snaked his place. So, uh, Corey Canabel owned the house when he was here and, uh, he's been renting it out to some, well, it was Suter. And then I just kind of swooped in right after Suter. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to keep it, trying to keep his, his memory alive, man. That's, that's, that's one of my favorite guys. But, um, let me see. I think, um, I tell you, a beautiful person is is Gus Barland, who is another another rookie who just you know was on the opening day roster. He's a he's a reliever for us, and this guy, man, very very similar and very nasty stuff. And he's definitely a guy to to keep your eye on. And and uh, he closed the game out the other day and and uh, at Wrigley. And this guy's got some good stuff, but very 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 similar. I've got one for you on uh, one of your star teammates in the rotation freddie peralta who's going to be a regular with us as well who has one of the best yeah. laughs i think or giggles whatever you want to call it he's yeah. just like full of laughs and personality um what did you think of his start uh against the mets what six shutout looked dominant we know stuff wise he's got it all seven k's so uh, two parts here first off um when i was watching is the slider sweeping more? So did he change shit, shit a little bit? Because, I mean, he's already great, but he, he's got a new nickname, which we'll get to in a sec. He started doing that, um, I believe it was it was, it was was last year, or, or it might have been 21. He started getting more into that slider, and that's, you know, the analytical stuff now is, is so so prevalent that you can get into a lot of stuff, but he found – he found that pitch and uh, it's re- it just really worked for him. And now he's got it um, pretty down, man. It's and, and watching Freddie, I love Freddie to death. We've a lot of us have come up with the system together. We've been together for so long now. Um, he looked unbelievable yesterday. I know last year he had his 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 arm injuries. He was on the aisle for a little bit, a couple different stints, and he just couldn't get it going. And you know what? He still pitched well, and he didn't even have all of his best stuff. So that kind of tells you the picture that he is. 
and just sitting in the dugout, he just had a kid. He just had a little Freddie Jr. like two or three days ago and goes out, six shutty. And if we weren't up so big, he probably very well could have got through, you know, seven, eight innings easy. And the guy just has unbelievable stuff. If he really wanted to, as you saw, and it was 2018 when he had his debut, that dude threw like 90-something pitches and like 90 fastballs and punched out 13 dudes. That's the type of fastball he has, and he can really just pitch for that. And now he's got two or three more weapons and uh, just a great human being. I, you know, great pitcher, but even better person. And, uh, you know, he had a, he had a memorable uh, home opener, so it was pretty fun to watch. Do you like the nickname Full Menu Freddy? We sold it to him. He bought it, but it has not caught on yet in Milwaukee. I think we need to put the clip back out for the world because it was right in the thick of the World Baseball Classic, so no one was okay. paying attention to anything besides Trout and Otani. See, I don't know. I haven't heard the full menu, Freddie. I just know fastball, Freddie, and that's that's what I know him by. So, <laughs> but he didn't but he want that anymore. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't thought. Well, I haven't heard. I haven't heard that nickname. So uh, I just know him by fastball, Freddie. And that's yeah, it. but Woody, he can't do that anymore. He's got more than one pitch. That was when he was 93% fastballs. And so we told him, like, dude, you need to elevate your brand. You're not a one-pitch guy. He's no one-pitch wonder. Like, he's got the menu now. I got you. Well, you know what? When I see him at the field today, when I go in, I'm going to ask him about it. We'll talk about that. So <laughs> I'll encourage him. We were talking about, because we were talking about his whole his old repertoire, and AJ came up with it. Or maybe it was Scott. I'm not sure who, who had to site here okay so aj said it was him no 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 sorry the pen went the wrong way oh the pen went the wrong way so scotty said full menu freddie and and freddie goes oh okay i like that i like <laughs> that because then we because then we asked him because then we asked, we were trying to get anything to get freddie to laugh because his laugh is infectious like yes. it's like it's that laugh that you get like kyler to get when you know you know she's gonna pee her pants you're laughing her yes. you're, you're making her laugh that hard Yes. But we got him. We were trying to get him to laugh. And I said, Who's the best pitcher on the on the Brewers pitching staff? And Scotty said, Oh, well, Freddie, it's got to, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be you. And Freddie goes, I don't know. He said, I'm probably gonna be in trouble for saying this. He goes, he goes, <laughs> but I like big woo. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I tell you what, I you know, we got some great We've got some a lot of great pitchers on our team, and obviously we've got a Cy Young winner. Uh, I think Freddie, from watching him in spring and watching his bullpens, um, this guy's got some really special stuff. And you know what? We got Eric Lauer. We got Hauser, who's on the injured list now. Who we've been together for so long, man. We we push each other in, in a good way, and it's fun. And I don't think anybody really looks at like. I'm the best. I think it's just whoever's pitching that day is like, you know what? I'm the guy. Let's go out and try to lead this this team and um, and just try to have a good day and help win a baseball game. And you know what? If we if we do good, we do good. If not, we just keep on trucking and try to see where we're at at the end of the year. But um, you know, we've and and now we've got Wade Miley back with us, who you know, Crafty is 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 just the man. And I think he he helps us out in so many different ways. It's it's crazy. So. You, you might have, I mean, if we did a, when we'll do it one day, like top personalities kind of team, Brewers are, Brewers are up there. Rowdy is ridiculous. So what we might have. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, Rowdy, uh, you, you, you got to be on the inside to see that. I'm not going <laughs> to pump him up. 
Yeah, yeah, but you need rated R too when you're doing a show with him. There's, That's with, true. Well, you got it from him. We got it exactly. <laughs> hey, Woody, this was awesome, man. Great to have you on. Um, yeah. yeah, it was quiet as can be. So wherever you're set up, Brent Suter's uh, media setup right there is perfect. Yeah, well, this is just the the, the kitchen table on my <laughs> iPad, and uh, the family's down in the in the in the basement playing. So no, it's good, man. I, I enjoyed it. This is. This is something pretty cool, and uh, we can kind of come on here and just chat it up about about life and anything. Doesn't have to be about baseball, but uh, no, this is fun. Exactly. Oh, we got plenty to get to down the road too. So, Woody, thanks again, man. Good luck the next couple of weeks till we get you back on. All right. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, guys. Okay. So, first question coming off the Woodruff interview: Is he really that nice? He, I mean, he might even be nicer than what he is. Like, the game hasn't changed him. Look, the guy's buying cherry pancakes for people at, at <laughs> Cracker Barrel. Like, this guy's the real deal. And he's a good pitcher, too, on, the, on to boot. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's doing on the mound because he actually has been very consistent and somewhat overshadowed here and there by Corbin Burns, right? I mean, Burns is Mr. Sure. Cy Young. But for sure. Woodruff's the number one starter. There's no doubt. He's a number one starter on a playoff team. And he yeah, might even be the top starter on the team if they make the playoffs this year. Even Freddie Peralta said it. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of Freddie's favorite guys to watch because <laughs> Big Wu goes out there all the time. And really, he's – I think he was top three in Cy Young voting or he was in the top three and he dropped out towards the end of the season a couple years ago. This guy's the real deal. With Bernsey and Freddie, I mean, this is this is a real rotation. If the Brewers don't pay him for the long term, someone is going to give him a lot of money so that he can dish that out to people at a local Cracker Barrel. First big league dinger, grand slam in the fifth. He was a fantasy baseball monster yesterday, too. Homer, walk, four ribbies on the homer, obviously. Two runs, stolen base. Uh, Fourth player in franchise history to hit a grand slam for his first career home run. He's a top five prospect in the Brewers system. And you know, Kratz, I mean, Brewers are pretty much consistently playoff relevant every year, which is very, which is not always easy to do. I would say the division's pretty weak, so that helps. But um, this is not like a, a big money spending team, so they've done a really nice job at developing guys. But there was a lull in their system for a little bit, where I think part of it was they made so many trades to keep themselves competitive. Now they've got prospects again. They've got some hitters, uh, Joey Weimer, who, who just got called up too. Rang's going to be playing all over the place. Like, there's some some fresh light for the offense. I, yeah, I think they built around 17. They started filling in around the prospects that they had. Big Woo was one of them. Burnsy, those guys coming up through. And, you know, they filled in with Yelly and Low Kane, and they had Domingo Santana already. But a guy like Terang and Weimer – I feel like what the Brewers do really good, and I think this is a testament to Craig Council and Pat Murphy on the bench and Hookie and, you know, as a pitching coach, the guys they call up, they do a really good job of putting them in situations to succeed. Does it work all the time? No. I don't think they have I don't think they have the same minor league system as like the Rays, where they just have a plethora. I just feel like the Brewers have – if the Rays have 10 prospects in the wings, the Brewers have like four. But if you hit on three of those four, that's a much better percentage than hitting on six of the 10. 
You know what I mean? And so it's like there is so many they're, they're, they only they don't have a super deep system, but the guys they do bring up, they trust them and council puts them in great situations to succeed. And I think it's part of their analytic department too. Todd's not on here to argue the whole analytic stuff, but I think it's something that is it's important when you bring a new guy up like, hey, this guy has to be able to be in a position to succeed. And Bryce is he's impressive. I, I, I liked him when he was 19 years old and I saw him in camp skinny, powerful, fast guy that is very confident. He he has the confidence of a first rounder and I love it. I love his swing. What I saw yesterday. I just love his swing. Wait, wait, it was Christian Yelich. Get... It reminded me of Christian Yelich when Christian Yelich was like the MVP guy where he kind of he dropped down, he squatted and then he just kind of uncoiled. It was very similar to me to that Christian Yelich swing. Also, this team does have a lot more promise than it did, especially a few years back. They were towards the bottom in farm system rankings as an organization. They have crept up, and we're seeing that with some of the youngsters on the current team, like a Bryce Terang making his presence felt early on this season. But he's the top prospect in the sport, marinating in the minor leagues right now. His name's Jackson Churio. We spoke to Baseball America's Carlos Carrazzo, or Carlos Calazzo, I got you, Carlos, about Terang and about Churio. Who are the prospects you were looking at not, that have either made their debut this year or will may, be making their debut rather quickly in the next like month or so that we should be looking at? Well, Terang is, has been a fun one since you mentioned him. I mean, he, he's been explosive. I think we all expected him. Another one where, again, kind of the hitting um, comparison to Dodd, where the tools were never super explosive. He's not the most physical player in the world. The power was always a question with him in, in terms of like what's the weakest part of his game, but he was always – just a super advanced hitter, had a great feel for the defensive side. I think he could play shortstop if there was a need on that team. Uh, I think he has the ability to be a plus defensive second baseman. He's a great runner, has played some center field as well. So he just does a lot of things really nicely at the big league level. It doesn't seem like the uh, the environment has phased him at all. That doesn't surprise me, kind of knowing terrain, going back to I think 2018 was his draft year. He's kind of always been um, very highly regarded. Um, but seeing him turn on that home run, I'm curious about his power. I mentioned that being the biggest question mark for him. Last year, he had his best year in terms of power production. Now it's mostly to the pull side. Um, and if you look at him, he's always been kind of a lean, more slender player. Uh, but I do wonder if he just has such an advanced approach um, and is able to barrel up the ball just enough to get to that 10 to 15 home run range at the big league level, maybe he surprises people with the pop and he certainly has the speed to take advantage of these new uh, rules at the big league level. So he's one that, that you mentioned just right off the bat that I've been really impressed with. I don't know if people realized how thin their farm system was. I mean, they were towards the bottom in terms of rankings, which really hurt them. You really weren't seeing much coming up for them, especially on offense. And it's been a team that has had that as the problem for the last several seasons. If you look yes. at the rotation, you're like, this rotation can win a World Series. At one point, you said that about the bullpen. It's gotten a little weaker, of course, as, as they traded away a guy like Hader last year. But here comes some offense, and it's not just Terang. It, it's Joey Weimer getting called up. And then Jackson Churio might be my favorite prospect in baseball right now. So what do you think about the Brewers farm system as a whole right now? And, and are you bullish on their future and then making more noise in the central based on some of these guys who are, and South Raleigh, who are, we're going to be an impact player, or at least most of these guys impact players mm -hmm. this year. Yeah, absolutely. They've got, they've got a ton of guys. Maybe, 
maybe Chorio, we have to wait a little bit longer on him, but it, it, it shouldn't surprise anyone if he becomes the number one prospect in baseball, just given some of the graduations uh, that are upcoming with players like Gunnar Henderson and Corbin Carroll. But you're right. I think the Brewers are another team that, that has established a pretty good reputation uh, as being a team that can develop pitching. The hitting is a question mark, but they've got a lot of really exciting, toolsy, skilled players at the top here, you mentioned we mentioned Bryce Terang earlier. He he entered the year as our number four prospect in this system, uh, just very polished all around. Garrett Mitchell um, is maybe one of the more toolsy players in the organization. I think him and Joey Weimer could probably battle it out just in terms of raw tools. But Garrett Mitchell is the top of the scale runner. He's got really Garrett Mitchell is fascinating to me because if he can elevate the ball a little bit more consistently, this has always kind of been the question mark with him. He has tremendous raw power he's a really strong kid he's got bat speed um, but he's always put the ball on the ground a little bit more than scouts really wanted to see last year in the big leagues he hit the ball on the ground less frequently than he had in the minors and had a really great stint um, if he can kind of keep doing that I think that's exciting Joy Weimer uh, him getting brought up I think he maybe has the biggest question mark in terms of just the pure hit tool um, with him the swing has always been a little bit funky I don't know if you guys have been able to see him um, much yet, but there's a lot of moving parts in the swing. He earned some Hunter Pence comps because of that uh, when he was an amateur player. But just looking at the physicality, the tool set, he's got a massive arm. With Joey Weimer, you maybe have questions about his pure hitting ability, um, but he's got tremendous power. He's got tremendous arm strength. You saw him throw out Daniel Vogelback the other day trying to stretch a single to a double. I know Vogelback isn't the fastest guy in the world, but just how quick he was able to get to that ball, reset his feet, and fire off a really good throw shows you what he can do on the defensive side. Um, and then Sal Frelick, is, he's got a great great bat, great pure hitting ability. He's really a spark, spark plug kind of player. He's fast. Uh, he's fun to watch. He's a gamer. He's a multi-sport athlete. So they have a lot of really exciting players who are either making their debuts, kind of uh, making their mark on the big league team now, or will in the near future. And a lot of these guys are up the middle types. I think all of these outfielders we talked about can play center field. So if you've got uh, three center fielders running around the outfield, that's a pretty good uh, problem to have. So for Milwaukee, great start to the season. And right to the West Coast, three against yep. Arizona, four in San Diego, three up in Seattle. A true test for them early on this season to try and stay towards the top of the National League Central. We'll see what this team's really all about. Absolutely. They're going to they're going to have a tester. I mean, it's going to be a, a road trip where you're getting frequent flyer miles and you are going to see some dudes on the mound and you are going to see some absolutely great baseball with those three teams. So it'll be it'll be a tester. Underrated, actually. You didn't get any frequent flyer miles, right? Because teams fly in private. Did you guys pick up any miles nothing, for that? Nothing. nothing. Never, the traveling right? secretary gets them all. So that's why when you text Ooh. the traveling secretary in the in the offseason, he's in he's in Hawaii on an all-expense month-long trip out there. Well, good for them. They deserve it, yes. whoever that traveling secretary is. Good luck to the Brewers this week. Also, thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Brew Crew Territory. And we'll be here for you every single week. We'll have exclusive interviews with star players on this team. We'll break down what's going on with them. We'll talk about their prospects. Also, if you have any questions, hit up Kratz on Twitter, and we can bring some of those questions on the air, whether it's about past Brewers teams, about this current squad. What's the Twitter handle? I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. Amazing. Well, put it on the screen. Amazing. Let's put it on the screen because it doesn't even know. He's, he's that humble. He's that guy. That's why they loved you in Milwaukee. 
But it's not going to be. Let's look. Look, I'm not going to. We're going to be doing one of these shows for other NL Central teams. Like we're not. We're not cropping up and doing a Cubs and a, you know a Cubs territory. Like well, this we is might, the Brew Crew. These are the boys. This is Brew Crew territory. This is for Brewers fans or those interested in the Brewers or their players. So we hope you enjoy it. We hope you enjoyed this first one, and we'll uh, be riding with you all season long. Thanks for tuning in to Brew Crew Territory. Hey, BetMGM has an MLB bet 10 bucks, win 200 bucks offer for all fair territory fans in four easy steps. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Then download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame money line wager of at least $10 on any MLB team at standard odds price. You will then receive 200 bucks in bonus bets instantly. Just use the bonus code SPICYBALL200, S-P-I-C-Y-B-A-L-L-200. Always bet responsibly, gambling problem or concern, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.